0: Hey, everybody. Um, This is Jacqueline Kitzman, and Gabe is here as well. Hey, everybody. So this is The Emperor was unpublished, and we republished it, and we are editing the current event section, and um, this is why. So last week, when I was recording the current event section, one, I was fairly discombobulated anyway. Um, just like knew that I was not in a great headspace, just very tired. And as I was talking, I insinuated, insinuated, it's not even an appropriate word. The way it came out is that I called Africa a country. I know that Africa is a continent, but implied that it was a country. What I was trying to say countries in Africa. Um, but you know, what I intended to do is not as important as the impact of the wrong information I said Um, I got a review and the way that reviews work specifically for Apple is that somebody will leave a review and then you may not even see it until days later so this went unaddressed for a week essentially and I hadn't listened to the episode and I didn't catch it and this is part of what we're going to address going forward Essentially, what I meant to say in the current events was that Russia ended Black Grain Deal, is what it's called. Um, They ended it, and this is going to affect a lot of different countries, a lot of different continents, um, specifically countries in Africa, throughout Europe, even the U.S. Eventually, if we don't, as a country, give more resources and revenue to our farmers. As Ukraine is considered the breadbasket of the world, they're in ending this treaty, the treaty that Russia pulled out of, will effectively make it impossible for Ukraine to export grain, not to mention the fact that the majority of their wheat fields are being blown apart by missiles and whatnot. Uh, unpublished it rather. Um and made the choice to republish the, uh, the intro with an edited. I guess like update to the current events as well as an apology. A lot of people have messaged me saying that they know where my heart is and I, I love that and I appreciate all of you that have reached out to me with support and comfort. But the reality of the situation is that, is that anybody whose first episode was that episode and heard me refer to Africa as a country rather than a continent, regardless of what I meant to say, regardless of what I know that I know. If that's their first episode, it that would feel unsafe and it would feel ignorant because it was an ignorant thing to say. And not only did I say it and not catch it, it got published, um, which is inconceivable and egregiously ignorant and not OK. So I take full responsibility for what I said and for what it implied, regardless of what my intent was. It doesn't matter.
1: And let me let me interject really quickly Um uh, I bear some of the responsibility as well. Um, it's it's my my job to do a to edit the episodes and, and mix them and and do kind of a and do a soft edit. Um, and a lot of my job there is to you know just catch things. This is an unscripted podcast, um, and that allows a lot of great things to come through. Um, specifically, intuition um, from Jacqueline. I think that allows a lot of. A lot of room for a lot of those great things, but part of that double-edged sword is that every once in a while, you slip up, you know, and so this was one of those It got past my ears as well, so um, sincerely, I apologize. That is something that could have been easily avoided, and we both know, just for the record, that Africa is not a country, it is a continent, so I am just wanted to extend my apologies there.
0: So, no apology. I I think that taking accountability is incredibly important especially in regards to apologizing in this capacity. So, one of the things that I wanted to do was one, make sure that we did not further cause harm by propagating incorrect information. Um so I wanted to edit the first part of this episode. I also didn't want to erase the fact that there had been a mistake because there had been in a pretty egregious and ignorant one. Um and I want to have that established going in further into the episode. And I want people who are listening as they go forward to if they see one, if they see that review to know that we take it very seriously. And I'm very thankful for the review itself, because quite frankly, I wouldn't have known because I didn't listen to the episode after it was published. So what I've done is I've also come up with an accountability plan that's going to change the way we do this podcast going forward. One thing is that I have gone from working three days a week and having two days a week off at home to working five days a week, which is great, but what it does is it makes me very exhausted. What our plan is, is rather than putting out an episode weekly until I can get a grasp on my schedule and my sweet little brain chemistry, our plan is to release an episode every other week. This will give us a chance to do two things. One, it'll give me... Essentially, two weeks to record an episode, listen to it through. It will make sure that Gabe doesn't just have to edit the episode, you know, right after Evie goes to bed or during her nap, where we're in a rush to get it out the next day. It'll give us a lot more time to sensitivity listen and kind of make sure that we actually stand by. The information and what we're saying and what is being published rather than having like, again, like I've used the word egregious a thousand times, but it truly was an egregious mistake. Um, so going.
1: I, I think this is a this is a good thing. And I think overall, this will add um, not just make up for this mistake and any other mistakes that could come from just a similar pattern, but um, quality over quantity.
0: Mm-hmm. safe safe material um so you know again like as far as what does this mean for patreon um and i don't really want to talk about patreon uh for people who are on patreon like content's going to come out weekly still that's still going to happen but as far as this podcast goes to give us an ability to catch errors sensitivity listen keep make it so we're not causing additional harm because for the people that that was their first episode, it was harmful. And even if it just harmed one person, it was still harmful and there's not really a way to twist that or make it okay or whatever else. And so, but I want to make sure that you all know that I am sincerely sorry that I will pay better attention in the future to what I am saying. And I am planning on being accountable in that way by giving myself more time um so that i'm not putting out harmful ignorant and bad information and this will of course then give gabriel a longer amount of time to also have that rest and listen to the episode and edit it slowly so we can be more careful and considerate and effective in the information and episodes we are publishing and putting out yeah okay um Everything else in the episode will be um, as it was, except that we are going to edit the part that had the harmful piece of information in it. Anything else on your end to say, Gabe?
1: I don't think so. Thank you guys for listening.
0: Okay, we will be back—not next week, but the week after—with a new episode on the the the—it's um, the hierophant. <laughs>
1: okay. Cool.
0: Hello, this is Jacqueline, um, and I have been procrastinating recording this podcast for about two hours now, and I don't really know why. Because I love this podcast, but hi, anyway, I'm finally here. You're also here. I'm moving things up. Mother, I clicked out of a thing that I needed. It's back. Don't worry about it. This is the Awaken Tarot podcast, and obviously, we have our shit together this morning. Um, so current events: <laughs> there is a war in Ukraine. It's affecting a. It's affecting millions of people: Ukrainians, Russians people who are really affected by the ending of the black sea grain deal, which was ended by Russia. They did not renew the treaty. So that means that thousands, if not millions of people are going to potentially starve because they don't have access to grain or bread. Of course, we have rampant um, anti lgbtqia legislation being pushed all around the country, specifically targeting the trans community. So I am once again encouraging you to call your representatives and to make sure that you're putting together a plan to vote, but not just for yourself, for others too. And um, especially in these presidential primaries, it's going to be vastly important, but we cannot talk about voting without also talking about voter suppression. So if you have the ability to help people register, if you have the ability to help people drive, stand with people who don't feel safe doing so, helping people learn how to early vote, or even making sure that like you're giving your employees time off to vote Um, All of those things are vastly important. Also giving money to organizations like Stacey Abrams to help target voter suppression, specifically that's happening in the South against the black community. All of these things are vastly important when we're talking about voting. It's not enough to say, just go vote. Like, it's just like telling somebody with asthma, just breathe deeper. Like, you're missing like 50% of the equation there. So I'll tell you right now, I have massive executive dysfunction. And if you need help, I completely understand. Reach out to me. I'll help you figure it all out. Um, I'm dead serious about that. There was also a second active shooter on the UNC campus just two weeks after there was a previous shooting, which killed one person. This one resulted in no injury, um, but basically a gunman went to a bagel shop and brandished a gun around and then ran away and police had to go find them. Meanwhile, students at UNC campus were on their second lockdown because of gun violence in two weeks. We need better gun restrictions and gun control in this country. We need common sense gun control in this country. Um, Two weeks. Two lockdowns in two weeks. Fucking bananas. That being said, we are going to jump into this week's card now. That card is the Emperor. And I want to just talk again really quickly about the fact that I will be referring to this card... um, you know, as ungendered as possible, though Arthur Edward Waite will refer to it as gendered. I think, and I want to just clarify on what I said last week. I think that however people use these cards individually in their home, however they relate to the cards, like if they feel really deeply that connection with the masculinity of the emperor or the classic, not classic, but like femininity of the empress, like that's fine. All of that is perfectly fine. However you relate to it. Um, cis people, trans people, and non-binary people can feel very deeply about like relating to masculinity and femininity in their own ways. But as a teacher of tarot, I feel that it is very like it can be very like narrow-minded to just teach the cards as gendered. And so, as I'm teaching it, I will not be personally gendering them, um, and and framing the emperor and the empress as feminine and masculine. Um, overall, in regards to teaching, I feel like that can be vastly confusing for people. Um, and it can be disheartening for people to try to relate to those energies in the capacity of education or learning tarot um, without like understanding that they don't just represent f- being a girl and being a boy. Like, that that's just like that's putting, I think, even like cishet people in a box that can be incredibly difficult to kind of get away from. And at the same time, like, I'm also aware that. The concept of masculinity and femininity in our relationship with them can be very important to the context of what we're doing when we read for ourselves um, or for others. But again, in the context of teaching, I I prefer to take gender out of it because I feel like that's a very secondary thing and a very personal thing for individual readers, if that makes sense. (laughs) I I don't want to be confusing and be like, Reading these cards as gendered is bad because it's not. It can be incredibly powering for cis people as well as trans people to relate to these cards and in, in different ways. But when you're teaching it to teach it that way, I feel like it kind of like complicates an issue when, when you make them simply just about masculinity and femininity instead of like their more broader scope meanings. So that's kind of where I'm going with that here. If uh, Gabe will edit out if this doesn't make sense, I'll be like, Jackie, that didn't make sense. And I'll be like, OK, Gabe, thanks. Anyway, so. Jumping into things,, uh, let me explain the Emperor card. So it's an orange background, um orange, yellow, dark red. It's kind of like it's not like really bright. like some sometimes, like Pamela Coleman Smith does really bright yellow. But these are more like kind of like like, um, I'm going to make sure the brightness is up on my phone, so I'm not lying to you here about the colors. <laughs> but um, no, so the reds and the oranges here are a little bit like uh, darker. They're supposed to look a little bit more like, I would say, maybe harsh in a way. Um, but the king is sitting on, a, on on their throne and they're holding a scepter as well. Again, once again, I'm going to say the, sem- the scepter looks a bit like an ankh. Um, It looks a bit like the staff that Osiris holds. On the throne, it's got ram horns on it, which makes sense because I'm fairly certain that the emperor is ruled by Mars or Ares. Um, so kind of that fiery energy. The emperor has armor on their legs and um, which kind of signifies like being prepared for battle at any time, which also makes sense because Aries is the god of war and Mars is the Roman god of war and also the planet Mars like resonates in those energies as well. In the Emperor's other hand, it looks to be like they are holding some sort of sphere. It could be a sun. Um, You'll remember that the Empress had a scepter that kind of had a globe on top of it, which kind of signifies the world in a way. And the Emperor in one hand is a scepter, and the other hand is this kind of globe-looking sun. Um, They have a crown on their head um, and a very long white beard, and that's kind of what we're looking at here when we look at the Emperor card. Um, This is also card four in the Major Arcana. Um, fours in the tarot are kind of like I refer to as like universe of the self. It's really kind of our chance to like go in and self-examine and consider our wants and our needs and where we fit into the equation of things, which I think is really important, kind of like taking up space for yourself. And I think like at the heart and soul of the emperor is kind of this taking up space mentality, like allowing yourself to grow and be concrete. And I'll talk about it more later on, but when I talk about the emperor, I'm really kind of talking about when I refer to it as a stable energy. And remember, please, that cyclic and stable do not equal feminine and masculine. They're just two energies that I feel more comfortable referring to in regards to cards outside of the gender construct. But that does not mean that cyclical energy equals female and stable energy equals masculine. That's just not how I see them. However, the ma- the um, the emperor does carry a very kind of stable energy to them. Um, When we, when I think of the emperor, I think about canyons and oceans and oak trees. And when we tend to think about the emperor, we tend to think about things that like are rigid and permanent. And like all of that's very like, we will always have an ocean. And for the most part, we'll always have a sun and we'll always have the grand canyon and oak trees will stay for hundreds, if not thousands of years but things are changing all around them and they are changing very slowly. Canyons erode over time. Oceans ha- are pushed and pulled. The waters are pushed and pulled by the moon. And also like the oceans are obviously changing as well. When you think about things like glaciers melting and the ocean rising or pollution or even just like waves and, and wave patterns and sea patterns. But you've also got, you know, eventually the sun will become a black hole. It will go from a star to a black hole. Um, Trees their leaves fall and change, their roots grow longer, they grow rings inside to prove how long they've been there. So even though they're permanent, they're still creating this change within them internally. Um, But basically like to get rid of the full-on structure of the things that are related to the emperor, you would have to have some sort of major event that got rid of them. Like again, the sun exploding into a black hole or lightning striking a tree down or someone actively cutting it down or the oceans all drying up. These changes like the changes that do happen are very slow and they take place over time. Like almost like if you stayed and watched a flower, you would eventually watch it sprout, but it would happen so slow, you wouldn't be able to like perceive it. So when we look at a time-lapse video where it speeds it up, that's where we can see the change. The emperor is kind of that same idea of like the change is so slow and so specific. Shut up, text messages. Um, that dinging was my computer going off cuz my book club is popping off. But um the, those changes are so small that we're not going to see them with the naked eye. We would literally need like a fast forward time lapse, t- time lapse to perceive them. But when those things do disappear, it's a big catalytic event. Like lightning struck a tree, the sun exploded, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. All of that being said, This is part of the podcast where I, um, I'm kidding, kind of, I'm going to read to you now what Arthur Edward Waite had to say about the symbolism in the emperor. And we'll also then kind of go over the meanings that he prescribed to the emperor as well. We'll talk about how that's kind of evolved over time. um, What is still, what still resonates, what has evolved. And then I'll go ahead and read through the workbook that I wrote along with the spread that I have written for the emperor and then I'll talk to you all about how I read the emperor when it comes up in readings in different capacities. So this is the pictorial key to the tarot by Arthur Edward Waite and what he had to say about the symbolism on the card, on the um, on the emperor card. So the emperor, card four. He has a form of the crooks and sada for his scepter and a globe in his left hand. He is a crowned mar- monarch, 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 Commanding, stately, seated on a throne, the arms of which are fronted by ram's heads. He is executive in realization, the power of this world, here clothed with the highest of its natural attributes. He is occasionally represented as seated on a cubic stone, which, however, confuses some of his issues. He is the viral power to which the empress responds, and in this sense, he is who seeks to remove the veil of Isis. Yet she remains Virgo intacta. Um, she remains a virgin. Yeah. Um, it should be understood that this card and that of the empress do not precisely represent the condition of married life, though this state is implied. On the surface, as I have indicated, they stand for mundane royalty, uplifted on the seats of the mighty. But above this, there is a suggestion of another presence. They signify also and the male figure especially the higher kingship occupying the intellectual throne once again bleh. hereof is the lordship of thought rather than of the animal world both personalities after their own manner are full of strange experience but theirs is not consciously the wisdom which draws from a higher world the emperor has been described as a will in its embodied form but this is only one of its applications and b as an expression of virtualities contained in the absolute being that's capitalized and then it says but this is fantasy okay so let's 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 break down a couple things one misogyny Um, It's basically saying that the emperor is who the empress goes to. And he's the one that actually interprets the message of the veil of ISIS and that they're married, but the emperor, but not like equally. So the emperor like has more power and where this kind of resonates is in the fact that very like typically when you look up a definition and I'm going to read the definition over here, we think of emperor as patriarchy and the need for patriarchy to change. And those things are true. The patriarchy does need an adjustment. Men do have, and have specifically white men, have held so much power over everything and unnecessarily so um, that everyone else in this world um, kind of has to work really hard to even see like 70% of what men are given in this world and specifically white men um and 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 that does need to change and the emperor i mean obviously you just heard me read the arthur waite pictorial key of the tarot and like he was like lauding this card for it meaning that he wasn't saying like and this is a, a dear a damn shame a damn damn shame he was saying like men rule and and like and the empress answers to him and this is something we see like very we see and hear very loudly in like the christian pantheon which is that women need to be subservient to men that women need to do all of the work and the men are going to receive all the credit for it right like very typical like 1950s representation is that the woman stays home does the kitchen, cleans the house, raises the kid. And then the man who is gone 90% of the day is lauded for how amazing his home life is, as if it's not literally all of the women's work and the woman's labor that is creating this. So this is basically what, you know, Arthur Edward Waite is saying is like the pristine, most um, applauded point of the emperor is that They don't need to do any work because their main job is to rule over all and that people need to come to him for for um, for answers and real answers, even though it is the emperor that's doing the work. And again, like this is very deeply rooted in misogyny of the time. Like this wasn't that Edward, you know, Arthur Edward Waite wasn't like he wasn't some like obscure man thinking like all men thought this shit and and so that's what the emperor stood for for a really long time and then for a very long time especially as we kind of saw this third way of feminism come through in like the 60s and the 70s right Uh, then it kind of started to shift again and that the emperor was kind of this indicator that we needed to take down the patriarchy and i think that evolutionarily like very 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 important but we're kind of at a point now where like patriarchy is still a major problem i mean literally just watch Greta Gerwig's, the Barbie movie. And you'll see that the problematic um, horse themed um, Mojo do- what is it? Ken's Mojo Dojo Casa House. Uh, that's all still really prevalent in something that women and specifically, you know, women, non binary people, trans community, LGBTQA plus, like we're all struggling against this very capitalistic, patriarchal society. But I think in its most healed version of things, when we pull the emperor, we're talking about stability and we're talking about. Oak trees and oceans and we're talking about being being like being capable of being a stable presence of creating stability for ourselves. Now, I will say and I'm going to take this moment right now to read the emperor upright and reverse positions as given by Arthur Edward Waite. Um, upright is stability, power, protection, realization, a great person, aid, reason, conviction, also authority and will. And in reversed, it's benevolence, compassion, credit, also confusion to enemies, obstruction, and immaturity. Now, I don't necessarily completely disagree with what was written here in the upright and the reversed. Um, but that doesn't even sound like what Arthur Edward Waitlake wrote in this pictorial key. Because the emperor in that sounds like a giant fucking asshole. It sounds like every white man in power, every billionaire um, in modern day society. But the emperor here talking about it being stability and in power. But the way that the the way that it means power here is like, Almost like being a lord in like medieval society where you're a lord and all of the serfs have to gravel to you for food, water, and land. And when power here, like in power and its most evolved version of the emperor, is talking about the power of stability and being a constant and creating a way like creating a house built on stone. I don't mean to like relate that to like a parable in the Bible, but there is like a deeply important lesson. And knowing that when we become the type of people and the kind of structure for ourselves and for others, where we're a house built on a foundation of stone rather than a foundation of sand, we create a much longer lasting piece of stability. I love the idea of protection here because the emperor, what we want to see is that the emperor, and again, that's not what men are supposed to be. It's what we can be for ourselves and for other people. Like if you think about the number four, again, as kind of being this universe of the self and examining of yourself and your place in the world like your relationship with your body ideally in a society untouched by capitalism and patriarchy would be that your body in any shape style or in any in any way is a safe place for you where you have full autonomy over who touches it or who interacts with it where you have full comfort in whatever your body looks like because there's no societal standard that you have to try to achieve and you don't have things like fat phobia or homophobia you are just able to exist as a person and whatever that means for you specifically with stability and without fear like that is the idea version of the emperor every single person on this planet being so comfortable with themselves that they don't have any kind of societal structure telling them that they need more makeup or they need eyeshadow or they need to lose weight or they need to be straight and cisgendered. like where we don't have that on us and we have the ability to treat ourselves kindly and be stable for ourselves and know that our bodies and our lives are going to change over time but we will always be here um, you know, like that's the essence of the emperor. We can be that for ourselves and for others. It, you know, it's not, it's not a gender thing. It doesn't need to be this. Oh, it doesn't need to be this Ken's Mojo Dojo Casa House thing. It has the ability to be this very, very stable type of energy where we can slowly change over time with the idea that we are held so holy and loved by so many and more importantly that we love ourselves that things can shift and change and cycle around us but we will always be our constant and that's so lost in the more like it's the patriarchy and they're supposed to rule over us or it's the patriarchy we have to take it down and I do think that this card can come up in the regard in regards because again it's major arcana right it's things that kind of come over us but And and so we can look at it as kind of this like energy of we need to take down patriarchy and capitalism and all of those things I think are true. But when we're looking at this and examining it from the universe of the self, we are actively being encouraged to kind of take on this role of the emperor. And I think it would be a much better. I would love a version of the emperor where it is just a person hugging a smaller version of themselves or hugging like a tree or something or like just like roots growing in and then then you see like fruit of like fruit on the tree like above land almost like a I guess you could say like a science book drawing or or rendering um and that like the idea here is that we have this like through stability we can find um, we can find joy and life and growth and the idea that we are ever changing and that's okay. And that we have the ability to stand strong and stable. And that even if things are kind of like wacky around us, like we have this love for ourselves, that's so sturdy your love for others. And I really, I really love that. I, ideal deal more. And it's also this, like, it's this confidence that comes with this card, right? Like, I think like the confidence of being who you are so unapologetically and that there's a beauty, a a real beauty in that. And, um, I think we lose that sometimes when we, when we solely focus on the emperor being patriarchy and capitalism or like misogyny. And I think that it's important that we view it that way, because I think through seeing it that way, um, we have been able to heal. And I think we needed the emperor to go on this evolution on this evolution of misogyny to breaking down of that pi- patriarchy and misogyny to then kind of like using the energy of the emperor to really stand sturdy and tall in ourselves. Um, As we kind of see it evolve, this is what is so important, I think, and so healing about the emperor as an energy in itself. Okay. So now I want to read to you what I wrote and I will read to you. Um, let's see. And I'll read to you the spread that I wrote to go along with the emperor as well. And then after that, I'm going to talk about how it relates or how I read it in reading. So here is what I wrote. The emperor. Once we've learned to bend, wax, and wane with nature, learned how to intuitively interact with its patterns, cycles, and seasons, we can enter emperor energy. Emperor energy is stable. It is an energy that shows us how to build foundations how to respectfully cultivate land to provide support. The emperor is shelter, sky, tree, and rock. They are tall and sturdy, a place for us to root further into our paths and world. And the emperor we are invited to build. We have established practices, rituals, and rules. We are ready to concretely say who we are and what we want to do with the comforting knowledge of independence. To embody the emperor is to use your savings to buy a house in a place you want to grow. It is taking charge and without doubts, expressing your desire to stay, to fight for a cause you believe in. Emperor energy is unwavering support, an anchor from your body to the ground in a way that breeds permanence. The emperor is not rigid. They are deep breaths, insanity, assuredness that provides physical knowledge and know-how. And so this is the spread that I wrote with it. In what way do we best root in the emperor energy? how can we show unwavering support for ourselves and loved ones on what foundation are we being encouraged to build upon in what energy can we embody the emperor by asserting our independence i am just now also realizing that there are some typos on this workbook Um, fun fact i did not make this workbook i had a friend do it with me and they copy and pasted or wrote from what I did. So I don't know if um, those are my typos or if they are their typos. And uh, it does not matter because I'm very grateful that this workbook got made because it is beautiful and I could not have made it like this. So if you're looking at the workbook and you're like, geez, Jacqueline, what the fuck with the typos? Um, It could have been me. It could have been something else. Either way, still grateful for this workbook as a whole. But those are the spreads that I wrote with the emperor. And I hope that that makes sense to you all just how deeply compassionate and sturdy and stable and permanent the emperor is and like what that can do for us if we didn't have to like worry about shelter like it's the maslow's hierarchy of needs again right like when we don't have to worry about food and water and groceries and inflation and we have a house over our heads like we can focus in on ourselves and our peace and our sanity and and becoming you know and becoming people but right now we're so lost in like trying to afford food and water and groceries and buy a house at some point in this fucking economy like I think the emperor is just a very confusing energy for a lot of people because there are, there's the history of the emperor at play, as well as what the emperor wants us to be. And so I think if we can put like a line down the middle of like historically what the emperor has meant <clears throat> and what it meant for people as they were fighting for like evil rights in like the 70s and third wave feminism and then what you're and then what we're looking at it now. And then again, this is not me saying that any of those issues have been resolved because they truly haven't been really resolved. Um, but it's an encouragement to, when we're thinking about the emperor for ourselves, specifically, it is autonomy and sanity and permanence and stability. And those things can be really healing and really beautiful, especially when it's this kind of idea of like, we are allowed to take up space. We are allowed to grow. We are allowed to breathe. And I think for, especially people that have experienced any kind of trauma This idea that we are sturdy and that there isn't another shoe that's going to drop can be a very healing one. And when I'm reading for people, like if I'm reading for people and they're asking about their health and this comes up and, you know, it's kind of like, hey, like, how are you feeling? How is your body? How are you feeling in your body? Are you feeling comfortable in it? Is there anything you could do to maybe make yourself feel a little bit more comfortable and at home in the place that you're in? It can also talk about if I pull it in in a career reading, you know, like, How are you feeling about your job? Are you feeling like this is something you want to make like a permanent career for yourself? Are you feeling like you could follow this career and this 401k into retirement? Are you feeling like you need a little bit of a change up? Is it time for you to take the principles of what you've learned in this career and this job and then do something else? In a relationship reading, it can kind of talk about how how are you in like, how is your codependence? Are you too dependent? Do you have too much codependence on another person? Are you feeling stable? Do you have, what kind of attachment do you have? Is it anxious or secure attachment? How can you get to the place that you want to be in it? Is this something that you're ready to commit into when you feel like you could be in this place for a really long time? Or is it now kind of like an overbearing archetype of like you're kind of lost yourself in your identity and it's time to, you know... Time to re find yourself again. You know, I pulled this card when I was going through Matrescence, and he would think that I, Matrescence, by the way, and I've talked about it before, but it's this psychological like transformation that like people who give birth go through where they're kind of reconciling who they were before they had a baby with who they are now and and in the roles that they need to play, like the fact that your body and your time and your energy is so fully given to another human that your identity come becomes so fully engulfed in that person. And then you have to reconcile that with who you were before and what your body was before and what you were doing before and your free time and all of that. And it can take a really long time to kind of go through, but it's very common and very natural and can contribute a lot to postpartum depression and anxiety as well. This these two different realities converging. And so like when, you know, I I pulled the emperor for myself in regards to this like postpartum experience. And again, like it takes about two years postpartum for a person's body to fully heal and for their kind of like brain to find like some stability again, typically takes about two years. And I just remember like getting close to that two year point and pulling this card. And it was like, hey, like you're really kind of at a point where you're feeling really safe in your body again and you're familiar with your body again. So how can you really kind of dive into that and cultivate for yourself? So the emperor for me really kind of showed up in this like taking on full accountability and autonomy and feeling good and safe in my environment and my body. And I think that that was a really good stronghold card for me during that postpartum period. Um, So the emperor has all these different beautiful facets to them that when you work with it really kind of help you build your foundation, your body, your sanity, your, your life, career, uh, parenting relationship. When you're, when you're building things on a foundation of solid stone rather than sand, then you don't have this constant need to shift. So one thing this has done for me is made me unshakable in my parenting style using the emperor's kind of a, a guide has made it so like I know, exactly, I know exactly what not to do. I've had to learn what all the should do's is, but like should do, but it's made me very confident in my parenting style. But it, it's also been really beneficial in regards to like me being able to speak my mind. One thing about the emperor is I think it really embodies the phrase, use your voice even if it shakes. Stand up for yourself and for others, even if you're scared. Like that is the emperor. The emperor is not screaming, yelling, punching. It is using your voice, even if it shakes, because you know that you deserve to stand up for yourself, because you know that your foundation is not going to crumble, because you know that you are worth you yourself and those around you are worth standing up for. Use your voice, even if it shakes. That is such the core of the emperor. And when I pull this card in readings, I always like encourage people like, what's the truth you're afraid to say? How are you feeling in your body and your environment? What do you need to do to make yourself feel more stable? What right now feels really, really hard to change? What are you wanting to change? Or where where have you been feeling some slow change? You know, all of these different things relate to the emperor because it is such. It's just a different side of, of the empress. If the empress is kind of like. You know, I think like what Arthur Edward Waite wanted us to look at this with, especially with the emperor holding kind of the sun in their hand and the empress holding the globe is that like the emperor is the sun and the empress like moves around them like the emperor is their orbit. But I don't agree with that. But I do think that the empress is what changes. It's cycles and and waxing and waning moons and intuition and this like the safety and change and. And and changing bodies and changing minds and changing seasons. And the emperor is kind of this like what allows that change to happen. So when we hold both the emperor and the empress in our body, we have the stability for all of the change to happen. And for, for us to be so secure emotionally and physically that the change, all of those things around us, like we feel so secure and anchored in that. And this can be in regards to, this doesn't have to be a villainous card it doesn't have to be villainous it can be healing and wholesome for so many people and it and it can be powerful for so many people um though it does just like thinking historically and you know energetically have a long history of being used as uh, m- misogyny and war and patriarchy and capitalism i would love to see this card evolve into a more nurturing Think of the Emperor like an oak tree, and all of the fruit it provides and the oxygen it provides, and the comfort and shade it provides. Um, you can think of it as a provider and also as something that stands so turdy, turdy. <laughs> also something that stands so sturdy and tall. I just mix those two words together in itself, that it doesn't need to compare itself to others. It just knows that it is worthy and good and whole and and strong and capable and i will stop naming synonyms now and i will pull a not i will pull i already had it pulled i did it already no i have to pull it listen it's the collective reading for the next coming couple days here the next week if you will up here it is um and that card is the world the collective energy that we will be kind of resonating through this coming week is the world and the world is a really beautiful card because it is a card that signifies like it's it's and again i'm using the uh be with your body tarot and it's a person and they're standing like in the center of this of pines and mushrooms and just being very like at peace in in their environment and their body and the world in just kind of in context is that It's got all these fixed signs, but the world itself is always spinning. And it's this beautiful mix of stable and cyclic energy where, you know, kind of like what the emperor and the empress are to each other. It's this beautiful mix of like moving pieces and being so above it. And so I think the overarching message of this coming week is what is what is exactly as it should be? You're so far up above something like you don't have to. be afraid or anxious you can be above it pay attention to the world pay attention to what's happening in the news but also know that just like on a personal level like it's a full circle moment pay attention to those full circle moments the synchronicity is the things that finally make so much sense to you and kind of enjoy what it means to be in the world which is like you've transcended to the highest point that you can be and then you get to go back to the beginning of something But that world will never leave. You going back to the beginning of something, you still have all of the elements and pieces that got like, you don't have to start over completely from nothing. Now that you're in the world, it's a full circle moment that you get to continue observing on. So, you know, um, nothing is as serious as we take it. Everything is a journey. And in the world, we kind of have that realization that like we make things so much more serious than they are. And this isn't me. Ta- this is not not me talking about like bigger, like social justice this uses as me talking about like little things like, hey, you're stressing your job. You're going to get through this week. Hey, like you're stressing like this argument you've had in your relationship at the end of at the end of everything. What's going to happen is you're either going to work it out and be stronger or you're going to break up and move on. And that's incredibly hard. But. So much new is going to come from that. And you've saved yourself from spending a lifetime in a, in a situation that's not working for you. Um, then some, you know, I think just overall this coming week is going to be all about those, those full circle moments where you are fully seeing everything as it is. And it comes with a lot of clarity. And with that clarity comes a lot of peace. Okay. I have talked my voice box out. I'm going to leave now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating, subscribing, and reviewing once we reach 300 reviews between Spotify and Apple. We're going to have a pie war. And um, that will be fun. And the logistics of how that's going to happen are still a mystery to me, but it will get figured out. Anyway, love you all. Bye.